The Isle of Imaginaria, Chapter 5, Bring Some Heat. Surprised by her guests, Tarsha still invited the two to stay for tea and cookies. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm just not used to visitors. Speaking of, what are y'all doing here? Make yourselves at home, though. They waited by the fire. Five began to tell Tarsha how uncomfortable the sweetgrass basket was. Marky looked around the room. Long wooden beams formed shelves that lined an entire wall. All sorts of trinkets and collectibles sat on the shelf. Marky noticed the lotus flowers carved into the shelf. She traced it with her fingertip and walked slowly, noticing all the little crystals and stones and candles. And then, when she got to the end, a single oriental lily hung from a macrame plant holder in the corner. Marky stood frozen. Well, go on. But why were y'all in a sweet grass basket to begin with? And what brings you here? The glow and crackle of the fire relaxed Marky. She took a long, deep breath in and paused. The warm scent of oak swirled with the aroma of green tea. It smelled like home. A tear swelled, then rolled all the way down Marky's face. Tarsha, I need your help. Marky began by telling Tarsha about her trip to the Kite Museum and how that ended in a disaster for her. See, Tarsha, I tried to find out more, but nobody will help. Yeah, girl, I hear you. But I guess the part I'm missing, what I don't understand, what are y'all trying to find out? Why are you risking so much? Well, it started out, I asked my mom and Aunt Delia, what is a kite fight? And who are the kite knights? It just seems like the more I tried to find out, the less they wanted me to know. But I did find out enough on my own. I need your help. Tarsha, I want to be a kite fighter. There's a competition coming up. Yeah, the Someday Fest. Yep, that's the one I want to win. Well, honey, no. You missed the boat on that one. The Kite Knights and every other team has been training for years. Well, I spoke to Virgil. What? Well, that makes me as happy as a possum eating a tater. What is he up to? He said you're the best. If anybody can train me and have me ready, it's you. Look, if you want to borrow a kite or some boots or something, but that's about as much as I'm going to be able to help. The world seems so foreign to me now. Things are different. I'm different. But Tarsha, we can beat the Kite Knights. I can beat the Kite Knights. I saw the photos of your training academy. I want to try, Tarsha. Let me try. Please. That's what I'm saying, Marky. Things are different. We're not going to be able to go to the land of Dan to train. That's over for me. I'll go anywhere, Tarsha. Does that mean you're saying yes? Are we doing this? We're doing what, Marky? What are we doing? 
Harsha, Marky, and Five sat by the fire for hours. They talked and laughed and came up with a plan for a training schedule. Marky found a little nest-like spot in Tarsha's hair and tucked in for the night with Five. Tarsha played a steady drumbeat and told stories of the old days into the early morning hours. Marky tiptoed over to stoke the fire, so sure of herself that she was the first one awake. She was ready for this day. She was ready to start training. She was ready for her new kite. Just get here when you can. Oh, sorry. Am I late? Let me get five, though. I'm so excited, Tarsha. I can't wait to see. What color is it? Whoa, 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 toots. What color is it? What on earth are you talking about? Marky's excitement turned to confusion as she snatched Five awake. My kite, Tarsha, for training. We're starting today, right? Tarsha? Well, the good news is you're half right. We are starting today, but you're not starting with a kite. You're starting with this. Tarsha placed a scroll in Marky's hand. It looked just like the one Virgil had. A thick piece of tan-colored parchment rolled tight and bound with twine. Marky, I ask that you trust and allow. This scroll is your first set of instructions. Begin your journey by riding the sweet grass basket down the canal. Take the middle path, and when you get to the end, go up the hills and down. When you arrive at the banana plants, open the scroll and read it. And just remember, until I see you again, you have everything you need. So with that, Marky and Five took their sweet grass basket down the middle path, up the hills and down, and dead-ended in a plantation of banana plants. Huge green, irregular-shaped leaves emerged from the trunks of the plants, some of them ten feet long. The leaves formed a canopy from the sun. Some plants had purple flowers, while other plants had bunches of yellow and green bananas. Marky shaped a bowl out of one of the giant leaves and poured water in it from her canteen. She placed five in the splash pad while she unrolled the scroll. A blue kite with a long tail was painted on the inside with a note. Marky read aloud, Your journey begins... Turn left out of the banana plantation, then take the tabby shell path on the right, labeled Friendship Lane. It will end dead at a waterfall. Once there, locate the rock formation shaped like a snowman and set up your campsite. It is there you will search for your next clue. I'm not sure what half of this means, Five, but we're running out of daylight. Let's hurry. The tabby shells of Friendship Lane turned into soft white sand beneath Marky's feet. The thick, dense jungle began to thin out. Sweet floral notes of jasmine and lang lang filled the air. Marky heard the rush of a waterfall in the distance. Clear water pooled at the base of the waterfall. 
The still lagoon ranged in shades of blues and greens. It was surrounded by tall rocks. The tallest of those rock formations was three boulders high, one stacked on top of the other, like a snowman. The bottom boulder had a cutout that formed a large overhang. Marky thought it looked like the perfect spot to build a shelter underneath. And as she walked into the carved rock, the soft white sand turned into smooth stones beneath her feet. The air was cooler in the cutout, and it smelled damp. She and Five gathered large foliage to use as a bed and wall coverings, and they kept their eyes peeled for the next scroll. Marky took a walk along the water's edge. And there, peeking up out of the water, she saw the most radiant black stone, a piece of black tourmaline, just like the one on Tarsha's shelf. She picked it up and rolled it around in her palms, then tucked it safely into her bag. That's when she found it, the scroll. Marky unrolled the scroll. A rainbow was painted on the inside with a note that read, At the crack of dawn, take the stone staircase to the top of the waterfall. Follow the trail to the terraced fields of rice. Once there, locate the area of grassland with the vastest space and set up your campsite in the middle. Once there, say aloud, I am safe to be me, and I love who I am becoming. Then wait. Marky, more excited now than ever, awoke well before dawn. Five, wake up. You read the clue, man. You know it's about to happen. Yes, Marky. That's why I'm confused right now. Why are you so excited about going to camp in an open field of nothing? What am I missing, lady? <sighs> Don't you see? We're not going just to camp. Picking up in space? I love who I'm becoming? My kite five. I think Tarsha's bringing my kite. I wonder if we'll start with dives or turns first. The view from the top of the waterfall was breathtaking. Marky could see the stair-stepped fields of rice in the distance. The first part of the walk was amazing. Toucans, newts, and monkeys all roamed about. Marky whistled and hummed and made up rhymes with five. They kept a quick pace so she could be there when the kite arrived. But then, the hot sun began to feel really, really hot. Marky's legs felt heavy. Her skin began to tingle. The open field never seemed to get any closer. Marky decided to turn around, but then panicked when she realized that was even further than where she needed to go. As she turned back around, her foot got caught on a tree root and sent her flying. She landed hard and started to rethink her decision to be out there. 
Marky looked down at five. Maybe he could help make the decision. Wilted and limp, he could barely get his words out. Marky, put a fork in me. I'm done. Marky splashed water on five and quickened her step. Every step hurt, but soon she got within steps of the rice field. Sure to see her kite spread out, Marky scanned the grassland below. The widest open space was just that. A big, wide open space of nothing. Just grass. So while she set up a campsite, Marky's spirit fell even lower. She felt embarrassed for her excitement over the kite. The kite that didn't exist. She wondered how could she have been so wrong. Marky didn't know what to do next. So she worried about it the rest of the afternoon. She was ready to just fly the kite. It could all be so easy. She wondered, what the heck did this have to do with training? Ready to give in, Marky took five to refill her canteen for the trek home. Cool water rushed over Marky's feet as the sun began to set. The earth below green and pebbly. A gentle breeze swept over. Marky reclined into the warm soil beneath her and closed her eyes. She held her black tourmaline in her hand and took a long, slow, deep breath in. And then let it out. And then another. With the rise and fall of her abdomen, she repeated the words in her head. I'm safe to be me. I'm safe to be me. Marky could feel her heartbeat echo like a drumbeat as she planted her feet deeper into the ground. She could hear the birds sing and flap their wings above her. She ran her fingertips through the long strands of grass. As the crickets began to wake, the breeze created a wave through the field. A cloud rolled over to shade Marky from the sun. Cool droplets of water began to fall from above. Sure to see a rain cloud, Marky opened her eyes, only to find the sky above big and blue. Instead, it was a great wise elephant that stood over her. The elephant's ears flapped gently. Water droplets fell onto Marky. She readjusted her eyes to the sunlight. The elephant's long gray outstretched trunk exhaled a gentle breath that tickled Marky's neck. She sat up and saw a whole herd of elephants marching single file into the stream. Marky felt a gentle nudge on her shoulder. Her new elephant friend extended one of her long, strong legs, offering Marky a boost up onto her back. The elephant carried Marky and Five to a mud bath. Marky held on to one of the elephant's wide, flat ears as water spewed from her trunk like a hydrant. She laid her face against the elephant's warm skin. 
She smiled at the way the elephant's prickly hairs felt. Marky slid down. She leaned in and petted the elephant's face as she looked into her eyes and said goodbye. The elephants marched away as evening turned to night. As Marky and Five settled into camp, they spotted a scroll. Marky unrolled the scroll. A large four-petal lotus was painted red on the inside with a note that read, You have great determination. You have heard the call of the elephant. Your vibration is one that is in alignment with her energy. Whenever faced with an obstacle, recall the warrior spirit of the elephant. May you face your goals with strength and courage. At the crack of dawn, follow the rocky path upstream. Look for the blackberry patch, then take the skinny path on the left to the peak of the mountain. Once there, set up your campsite and search for your next clue. Then wait. Wait.